Uh, thank you to Comedy Here Often for sponsoring our podcast, and thank you to the great nation of Israel for sponsoring Comedy Here Often. Uh, leave it in at the end, and then edit it in at the front, too. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm your host, Fla- Ken, uh, I'm being eaten by a bug with the head of Hillary Clinton and also the snake from the Garden of Eden. Get the gun out of my pocket. Brad, you have Kian, no get gun. the gun out of my... P- and pass it to me, Kian. We're in the apocalypse right now. This is, is no time for talk. Welcome to your parents' Kian, watch Kian, we don't this. have time for your I'm fucking... I'm Kian Beatty. The new co-host is an eldritch <laughs> whore. Named- <laughs> yeah. What if Hillary Clinton could climb a tree? Just like picturing Hillary up in a tree right now, and that's kind of blowing my mind. The Did fact you know that God was inspired to create Eve by watching Hillary Clinton's 2016 run? Anyway, welcome back to the show. It's your parents' watch this. Uh, another classic intro bit, the Apocalypse Podcast, or maybe you could even say that's the Loud Podcast 2. What movie are we watching, Kian? Uh, this week we're watching Goodwill Hunting, uh, uh, a movie that came out in 1997 starring uh, Robin Williams, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Uh, it's about Will Hunting, a janitor at M- MIT who is a gift for mathematics but needs the help from a psychologist to find direction in his life. Now tell me this. Did you get the urge to cuddle Robin Williams every time he showed up in this movie? Because he just looks like his character in this film just looks like a cuddler to me. Yeah, he looks like a guy who you could hug him and like even if he didn't know you, he would hug you back. Yeah, he looks like his belly would be like the kind of hard where it's like... I don't know. It's just satisfying. You know? I really liked Robin it's Williams. Like a grandpa in this movie. belly. He did su- such a good job. Yeah, Robin Williams was my favorite part of this movie. Because I like uh, you, you texted me when I was watching this that you hated this movie, and I was only like halfway through it, uh, so I still kind of liked it. Yeah. But once I got to the end, it was like, no, I hated all of it except for Robin Williams. That's the opposite of how it went for me. I started hating it, and then in the middle, I hated it, and then at the end, I was like, okay, I kind of see why you could like it but i'm still not like pro this movie see yeah this movie was a really weird one for me because at first i thought the writing was excellent and then i thought the writing was okay and then at the end i thought it was really really bad and i think that's because as soon as they tried to delve into anything of meaning or substance it just fucking lost like it was a little too hollywood a little too perfect a little too you're really only scratching the surface of yeah. The issues here. Because, like, at the start of the movie, it's, like, Matt Damon hanging out in the neighborhood with his, uh, you know, his pals. Uh, they're getting in fights. They're watching baseball games. You know, they're keeping it real. They're keeping it Boston. Yeah, keeping it Southie. You Southie. probably know a lot about what they were doing at the start of the movie since you're Irish as well. Yes. Me and these guys are one and the same. Yeah. You're My countrymen and Edmonton. I. <laughs> Southie Edmonton. <laughs> But I mean, like, I really liked the dialogue at at the beginning of this movie. I liked, uh, like, I thought I thought that they captured, um, like, all the friends bullshitting together very nicely. Uh, yeah. it, it was making me laugh. It it honestly reminded me of like a Tarantino movie, like you know, like at the beginning of Pulp Fiction when they're talking about the Royale with cheese, and it's like this is a meaningless conversation. But I'm like very captivated. I like what they have yeah. to say. I like how they're saying it. You know, it doesn't have to mean anything for me to enjoy it. That's how I felt at the start of this movie. Yeah. And then they try and like start talking about like Matt Damon's feelings and therapy. And it's like the most basic shit I've ever seen. It's like his dad was mean to him and that's why he like doesn't believe in himself. And like they fix it immediately pretty much at least is how it feels like. I don't know, man. Yeah, it was 
just the part where they fix it immediately was a little bit like fucked to me like i i don't know i kind of understand the whole like i liked the whole uh him not understanding why he was the way he was and figuring it out but i do think they could have gone deeper with it and i also definitely think that the way therapy works is not the guy tells you what's wrong with you and then you skip out of there onto a happy life. That's like, how I thought therapy worked. What really this whole happens time. with therapy is like the guy tells you what's wrong with you and then you spend the next 16 years of your life just trying pills. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think this movie, like, that's how you would improve this movie is if, you know, it ended in the first, you know, 20 minutes and the rest of the movie was Matt Damon trying out Prozac and realizing it wasn't for him. How I'd make this movie is, like, he goes to the therapist as a budding genius, and then the therapist misdiagnoses him and gives him, like, a drug that's way too strong that he doesn't need, and then that fucks his brain up so bad that he never becomes a genius. That's the real version of this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I just... It was too, like... It was just too, like, best-case scenario for That's me, how I, I felt, too. It was kind of hard. I found it very hard to relate to the main character, Matt Damon's character, because literally the whole movie, he's just a guy squandering his potential. It's yeah. like, I've uh, you know, I, I, I can get behind a flawed protagonist, and maybe this guy is a flawed protagonist, but goddamn, his flaw is so small. His flaw of being emotionally unavailable, that's what this movie's about. It's about a genius who's either going to make money and do fine and be happy as a construction worker hanging out with all of his friends which like that's chill and cool or he's going to be a fucking uh, math genius and make millions of dollars that's also chill and cool it's like there's no real stakes in this movie i don't fucking care about what happens to matt damon yeah and it's like this whole time all these problems that are i don't know man i just had a very hard time giving a fuck about anything that happened in this yeah me too. Like, I don't know. I I do, again, like the... I like the general idea of him, like, overcoming his fucked personality and, like, learning how to be a real person and stuff. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the rest of the movie, and I don't think they did it in a great way. Like, it feels like this is a movie for, like, 30-year-old guys who never went to university but also let Joe Rogan trick them into thinking they're too smart for it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, the, the scene where... Um, it's like you're supposed to watch this movie when you're, like, 28 and waking up for another month of your mom's basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I was thinking when I watched this, like, man, if I saw this before I registered for university, it could really have done a number on me. <laughs> I really would have registered faster. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, I get what you There was a scene in the bar where uh, fucking Matt Damon, or like the uh, guy was like hitting on, or like some college boy comes up to try and uh, like stunt on Ben Affleck and be like smarter than him. Yeah. And then Matt Damon comes up and is like, oh, actually, you're just remembering all that shit from a textbook. Why don't you form your own opinions, college boy? Yeah. And then he like gets the girl and all that shit. It's like, that is, that's a Joe Rogan wet dream if I've ever seen one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's like that's a guy getting on a press conference and telling you to do your own research yeah like, yeah yeah like nothing else in media is bro this movie taught our parents to join the republican party it, yeah i mean <laughs> that's kind of funny is that like matt damon in this movie has the exact same attitude of like every anti-vaxxer who's like i don't need that mainstream education i can figure it out myself but the except in the movie matt damon does like he goes through all the peer-reviewed articles and he reads them all himself and he becomes a real genius but in this movie 
movie, or I, but in real life, I mean, he would just go on a weird YouTube rabbit hole and but have he, that same level of confidence, except he's like, yeah, I bet you think the earth is round too, you sheep. Bro, he doesn't even become a genius or develop his own opinions. That's what I was going to say is like, he does that whole thing in the bar, and then the rest of the movie, he's just showing off how good he is at memorizing things. Actually, you're right about that. He doesn't, yeah, you're right. He doesn't <laughs> come to any of his own opinions. No, he just already knows everything. Maybe, do you think that was like the movie being deep, or do you think that was like a character flaw? I don't know. Do you think that was intentionally written in, or do you think we're uh, noticing that, or why this movie is good, actually? I think that, mm, that's hard to answer, but I'd, I'd like to think it's on purpose, because you, it, like you have to remember Matt Damon's whole character is supposed to be a cocky, obnoxious guy. That's true. He's supposed to not see his own flaws. That's true. So, like, I don't know. I kind of now I'm kind of talking myself into liking um, Matt Damon's personality in this movie. Like, I like Matt Damon and Robin Williams and their dynamic and like the rest of it, I feel like should have been changed. I didn't mind Matt Damon's personality. I guess I just didn't like I felt like it didn't go deep enough into the aspects of it that I enjoyed. Yeah. Like. I get that this is a feel-good movie, and that's what it was trying to be, but like, at a certain point, you need to make me feel a little worse before you can make me feel good, if you get what, yeah. I'm, if you get what I'm saying. like, I don't know. Matt Damon's lows in this movie just weren't that low. Like He drives the yeah. girl away, which, like, whatever. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> and then... You don't stay sad about that kind of stuff. No, you move on pretty quickly. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I stay sad. On to the next one, I say. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's like it, he kind of got over that pretty quick, or at least he was covering all that up, so he never really felt like he was dealing with his problem. I don't know, man. Yeah, like it felt like this movie was like, it just really feels like, you know those guys who go on Twitter and talk about how they used to be a gifted kid? Yeah. It, that's what this movie feels like. Yeah. Me. Like it's just like, I don't know, he's like just kind of experiencing growing up and then realizing that he's got to change a little bit about his personality yeah if he and wants to like, be success and i get that that's like a realistic plot for a movie i mean like i think that we can both identify with like yeah yeah, yeah. i can identify with that which is why i don't completely hate it they'd go a little deeper into it i wish they would examine it more as opposed to being like hey here's your issue oh and here's a fix for your issue Bing, bang, boom, we're done. Like, before we started this uh, recording, we were talking about how, how much better this movie would have been if, like, the the whole breakthrough scene where he figures out what's wrong with him and he's able to, like, you know, start repairing things with the girl he drove away. If that happened, like, in the middle of the movie and then the rest of the movie was him realizing that, oh, fuck, these problems are still present in my life. I haven't figured my shit out yet. Yeah. How do I overcome this for my own as opposed to just riding a therapy high? Yeah, that's what... I mean, like, I, I don't know. The way it feels like gifted kid energy is just like, yeah, why are you like, I don't know. It just seems like it's blamed on the world instead of like, instead of being treated like a thing that he has to overcome. Like, it feels like it's like, it feels like it's treated as completely out of his control when it's like, I don't. yeah, you're kind of right about that, actually. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, <laughs> The fucking whole breakthrough scene was literally, like, first off, I would like to talk about my problems with the break breakthrough scene. Okay. Give it to me. Welcome so, back to the Call Her Daddy podcast. Yeah. I'm your 
co-host Ghislaine Maxwell here with Melinda Gates. Tell me about how you feel, sweetheart. Well, at the first part of the movie, when he was going through all his therapy, because, you know, he found, uh, runs through, like, three or four therapists before he hits Robin Williams, and he, like, makes them all cry and run out of the room or whatever yeah. with his tough exterior and his quick wit. But he um, he tries out a hypnotherapist and just completely makes a mockery of what he's doing, which is, like... Th- I can totally relate to that sequence. Apart, uh, I had a therapist try to hypnotize me one time, <laughs> and I didn't like make fun of her. I just like felt so bad because I could see how hard she was trying <laughs> to hypnotize me. And I was like, "Yeah, you're doing great. My anxiety's gone." Um, but it's like he 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 made a complete mockery of that dumbass bullshit of like you're getting very sleepy or whatever. Why the fuck is Matt Di- or uh, Robin Williams backing him into a corner and being like, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, it's not your fault? Why does that break through to him? Why can't he see how dumb that is? Maybe it's because they have a relationship and a rapport, but Jesus Christ, that's like less, that's so meaningless. And that's exactly what you're saying about like uh, taking all the responsibility out of his hands. It's like, I get that your dad beat you, but you've been shitty to people for years because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like enough to comment on what you should do about that kind of shit. But like, also I, I looked at it as, um, the reason Robin Williams was able to get through to him was cause he finally met his match because like, to me, it was very clear for all the other therapists that he was just obviously smarter than them. And then Robin Williams therapist character in this movie is also supposed to be a genius, just like his math tutor. So I figured that that's why he was able to get through to him because he re- he saw himself in Matt Damon. I mean, you're right, but it's like if you want to make him be a genius, make him fucking do shit that's smart. I mean, I because I mean, you're right. Like that that is why he was able to get through to him. It's just I did not like the way he conducted that scene. I thought it was so sloppily written, and it's like you're you're. I mean, I I was pretty locked into the movie up till that point too. It's like two hours in, and I'm like. Ugh you kind of squandered a lot of the character development you brought on. It just felt, it felt very cheesy and corny to have that be the climax yeah, of everything. Yeah. It felt rushed to me. Like, it felt uh, very it felt rushed. Like they didn't like, I don't know, man, it's hard to describe how it felt, but it just felt not authentic. Like it I just fully agree with that. Felt like too clean of a figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like a tear starts to stream down his cheek, and it's like Come that's the on. other thing. Like, do you know how hard it is to cry in therapy? Like, it's so hard to start crying in front of a stranger, especially when you have emotional issues. <laughs> it's like someone telling you it's not your fault seven times. I don't know. I feel comfortable making this claim. It's not going to make you cry. It's not going to make you. It's <laughs> not going to make you think about anything. It's like, I already think it's not my fault. Everything that's ever gone wrong in my life, my default is being like, well, that wasn't my fault. Yeah, exactly. That's not (laughs) what I need to hear. I can tell me that until the cows come home, you know? But it's like, if if I was in therapy and someone just started telling me it's not your fault, it's not your fault seven times, I would just start thinking about how much this costs. How much I'm paying you to tell me that. Yeah, if you told me it's not my fault that many times, I'd be like, so where do I leave the tip? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, then I guess we're done here then. Thank you. Thank you for your wise sage wisdom. <laughs> yeah, because like, I don't know, the whole, for me, the whole thing about having a mental illness is like always thinking it's not your fault and finding someone else to blame. Like, exactly. That's a big part of it. Exactly. Me. So like, I don't know, but then like, I don't want to, I don't, I also don't want to say that if your dad hit you, it's your fault that you act weird now. Like, I don't think that either. I just think it's, 
less binary than it's shown in this movie. Yeah, it's it's absolutely less binary, and that's kind of the problem with this movie is it's so like it's very two sided, as you said. It's like they, they don't really have much room for any nuance in it. I think because they don't really understand it. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say that there is some nuance in this movie. I think that like the um, relationship between Matt Damon and uh, fucking uh, Robin Williams was excellent. I liked the way that they, uh, you know, I think that. They kind of, or Matt, da- or sorry, Robin Williams at least kind of realized how they were the same dude, and like, yeah, a lot of Matt's problems uh, also reflected onto his problems and his inability to live his life after his wife died. Yeah, I liked, I really liked that too. And so here's my question: Is do you think that we actually secretly don't hate the movie and we're just pissed about how they understood mental illness whenever the, the time was that this came out? In see. I mean, I think that there are really good aspects to the movie. Like I said, I liked some of the dialogue. I liked the relationships between the characters. Actually, all the characters I liked the relationships between. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, I didn't like the the, the way that they handled the therapy and the mental health. And it's like, I get that that's not totally what the movie's about, but it's about 65% of what the movie's about. Yeah. So, like... <sighs> but you got to remember, like, the, f- the facts or, like, the quote-unquote, like, whatever the guys were saying were facts about mental health back then were like so much different that like maybe they just genuinely thought that you figured out the problem and then it was solved yeah i mean maybe that was one thing i was thinking like, like maybe that's this what is... i'm wondering is maybe i'm just pissed off at the guy writing it for being dumb i mean matt damon and ben affleck wrote this movie so you can get mad at them for it and that's the other thing is fuck you matt damon like the departed wasn't enough for you you have to make another stupid ass boston movie about how hard it is to be from boston did he write the departed i don't know he was in it he was in it i don't know i don't like matt damon i don't mind matt damon i mean i on i i thought he did a good job acting in this movie i thought all the performances in this movie were good but like I don't know, man. This plot just had something left uh, for me to be desired. I wish they delved a little deeper into the fucking misery side of things. It was a little too happy and fun, Yeah, this whole movie. It was a little too much of a romp for me. Yeah, that's a a good way to describe (laughs) it. It should have been a bit less of a romp. Like, either you're making a psychological thriller or you're making a romp, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this definitely wasn't a psychological thriller, but it's like delve a little bit into the sadder and more awful parts of it. Yeah. It's like this movie was just too much fun the whole time. Not the whole time, but it was too much fun generally. Yeah, it's interesting that you started off liking it because I went into it with like contempt. Like I went into it like knowing I wasn't going to like it, even though the first time I which this was like one of the only movies I had seen before we did it on the show. Oh, I didn't know that. First time I saw it, I really liked it. Because I was a baby who, <laughs> who didn't understand anything. I was five years old. <laughs> fucking complete dumbass. <laughs> but like as soon as I turned this on and heard fucking Matt Damon narrating, I was like, okay, it's going to suck. I, I don't want to watch it. Like, I don't know. I mean, but like, I don't mind a narrator. You can call it cheese. I mean, that's definitely kind of some 90s cheese is having a narrator. But like. Fight Club did the narrator pretty fucking good. Yeah, I liked that. I don't know. It's just my Matt Damon hate, too. But it's also, like, part of it is, like, when you think about it, anyone who's ever told you to watch Goodwill Hunting or anyone who's ever told you that, like, that's a great movie, have you respected them? Because I haven't. Yes, 
except now I'm thinking about the guy who told me to watch this movie and that it was amazing. Also just quotes rap lyrics to me when I bring my problems to him. One time I, I was, do that to you too. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, and it's equally unhelpful. But like, <laughs> like my, my roommate Mark told me to watch this movie and like I, I love Mark. Uh, he, he, he's amazing. But he also like is just able to deal with his emotions effortlessly and yeah. like flawlessly and just like decide how he feels about things. <laughs> That's not how I like I, I I was sad that like a girl that I really liked like hooked up with a a, a friend of mine at the time. And yeah. so then I, I, I was like telling Mark about that. And you know what he says to me? Hmm. These hoes, they for everybody. <laughs> Is that your bitch? Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, and then he just went to bed. Like that's of course this guy thought the therapy in this movie was effective. He just has to think that and then he's good to go. You Robin yeah. Williams saying the same thing seven times? He's like, God damn, he had to hear it seven times? Yeah. Of course that brought him to tears. Yeah. I don't so that's know. what I'm saying. Is like I think you're right. I think the people who like this movie are dudes who haven't really had to deal with a lot of shit. So when they see like Matt Damon dealing with, or at least like it, it's pretty heavy shit that he deals with in this movie, but he's not dealing with it appropriately for how heavy it is. I feel. Yeah, it's like it's not a movie for like haunted guys or like people with insecurities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's like it's really a movie for people who like found out they weren't smart and then went, "Fuck these nerds! They don't <laughs> know how to think. I know how to think better than them." Yeah, and then you're just right. Stormed out. This is a movie for people with street smarts. You just summed it up perfectly. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I, there's not too much left to say, you know, after that. Because, like, really, it's, like, it's just the reason that we don't relate to how easily he got over it is just because we're not that type of guy. No, we're not that type of guy. <laughs> and, like, to just, like, deal with your problems we're over the course of... sabotage guys. Yo, big time. But it's, <laughs> like, and that's, like, the problem I have with this movie is because at the end of it, when Matt Damon's like, oh, I'm cured, it's, like, he just is. Yeah. What the fuck, man? But that's what the fuck is what it is. Is like, that's your roommate. Fair enough. Listening to a rap lyric and being like, I'm fine now. You're right. You're right, actually. Maybe if if they made the movie that we're talking about, that we're trying to pitch to them, regular people would just watch it and be like, what the fuck is wrong with Matt Damon? Why can't these guys get over anything? <laughs> Why does he keep making the same mistakes over and over and over? What's wrong with this guy? Why does he keep saying that he knows he's making a mistake <laughs> as he makes it? <laughs> oh man, I'm really talking my through, uh, talking my way through how I feel about this movie, man. Yeah, so like... Because that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, the more that I have these like strong takes on a movie, the more I question it lately because I'm starting to think that it's probably just my own personal stuff I'm projecting onto the movie. I mean, absolutely right. But that's what movies are for, quite frankly. That's what all art is for, to put your own Fair shit enough. on it and see how it affects you. Fair enough. But I also think that like, I just have, I think that the type of shit he has is not an invalid type of shit. Yes, no, I agree. And uh, and that, that's the point that I'm trying to make in this movie is that it's a movie uh, made for people who don't have to deal with, like, you know, super crazy problems who aren't, like, too caught up in their own heads. It's a movie made for them to enjoy about a guy who is that. And yeah. the point... The, the reason it irks me is because Matt Damon has all these issues. He has, like, a pattern of uh, shitty behavior all throughout this movie. He's driving people away. And it's like, 
the fact that you expect me, the viewer, to think that all of that's been solved magically because Robin Williams thought of the right thing to say to him is a little fucking bullshit. I get that that's not the movie you're making, but, like, don't fucking make that character be that guy for this whole goddamn movie then. Yeah. I mean, or, like, add something at the end where he still fucks up. Yeah, because add something at really the end is... where he fucks up. Maybe he goes to his girl and, oh, she has a fucking boyfriend now. She's settled down, and now he's got to make peace with the fact. Yeah. Or, of, or something. That's what I was saying to my roommate as we watched it. But, like, yeah, because it's just, like, it's so much of a fucking... I don't. The movie literally ends with him driving off into the sunset. You were a mental patient yesterday. It's a romp, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. They just do fun little activities until the movie's over. Every time I go to therapy, you know where I drive? Fucking the McDonald's parking lot. I park behind the grease dumpster and I cry. Can you move the mic? That's what being a man is about. It is, though. You go get a damn Big Mac, you repeat the same mistakes, you go back to therapy. That's being a grown-up. Move into a new city to chase the love of your life. That's for fucking losers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I like. I just maybe like. I feel like maybe the reason I didn't like this movie is because I was just pissed off that he had an easier time handling it than I do. Maybe. I mean, maybe for me too. I was just jealous. I think maybe. Partially, but I also I don't know, man. It's like hate him because I ain't him. True that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I just don't like the way that they portray him as this guy who's really struggling with all this shit through the whole movie, and then all of a sudden he's not anymore. I think that's a little bit of a slap in the face to you, the viewer. Me too. I got some other things that piss me off, but I got to pee first. Okay, girl. <laughs> what did you just fucking call me? <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to Swaggy Doodle Dandy, the only the only American podcast about having swag. Did Do you, you like want to start with that podcast where it's you and I <laughs> theorizing what it, it might be like to have swag and what you should do to go about having it? <laughs> Philosophizing about swag? Yeah. Yeah. Keep that in the idea <laughs> folder. Well, Anyone who's listening to this, write it down. I'll send put it that to down. me. <laughs> yeah. Email us <laughs> any ideas we have on this podcast. Uh, Can I tell you something else that pissed me off? Yeah, please. Who just knows math? Like, you don't just wake up, like, knowing math. Like, you have to learn, like, what two is. You have to learn all the numbers. Like, this guy just, like, walks in, sees a math thing on the board, and just understands how to do it. Like, when I switched from French school to English school in grade 7, I didn't even know how to spell any number in English. (laughs) So, like, how dumb am I? I mean, yeah, you're dumb as shit. Like, is that even possible to just look at math and just know it? I don't know. I mean, you. I think he kind of explains it at one point in the movie where he was saying, like, it just makes sense. I can just do it. Yeah, but it's like, how? To uh, who? Maybe he read a book and that stuck in his mind. I don't know. I'll give that a pass. Whatever. It's a fucking movie. I get that it's two hours long. You don't, you don't want to explain to me how Matt Damon is so good at math. I can <laughs> forgive that. Yeah. Uh, okay. But you know what I think is just kind of a funny choice is that they don't really, like, talk about what any of this math means. Yeah. They're just like, this could have repercussions the world has never seen. <laughs> and then it's just, like, Matt Damon doing some brackets, and they don't, like, talk about it at all. Or like, That's the other thing is it's, like, it's all, like, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not a math guy. I don't know math, okay? But looking at it on the TV, it looked exactly the same as just high school equations, I except know. the variables were different letters. They just used K instead of X. I mean, I just it, all the math scenes were funny to me. There was one part where they were like tag teaming in an equation and high fived at the end. <laughs> yeah, of it. that shows. Awesome. And I was like, "What does any of this? What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> you don't have to explain the math to me, but like, at least what 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 is it for? You know what? A scene I really liked was though was when his like tutor is trying to uh, get him to not like quit math, mm-hmm. and he's like a. Uh, He's like, "Come on, you gotta, you gotta do this. We gotta, we gotta do it together." And then Matt Damon just lights it on fire, and he's like, "You know, how fucking easy this is to me. It's nothing. <laughs> this is easy. You're a dumb loser." And then he just leaves. It's like you met this guy a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just disrespecting everyone. I really liked. Uh, I think my favorite character in this whole movie might have been the uh, uh, professor's assistant at the start of it. He's like the TA in the class. Yeah. He was like, you know, the number two until Matt Damon comes in. And then he just like accepts that Matt Damon's like way better than he is. And like, does there's no like jealousy subplot. You can just see this guy be like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. And just like accept that he's the number three now. <laughs> Which is like, that's not what happens in universities, no, bro. Oh, man. You're just not gonna, in university. Like, someone's just going to trick you or politics you or scam you. Exactly. Like, no, you're not allowed to be smarter than people. I love that. Just made me laugh. And you could, and I felt like there was a bit of disdain on the actor's face through the whole movie. I really think that guy stole the show. He had maybe three lines, but his face said enough. I don't even remember him, but I respect him. Now, listen. I don't want to sound like Steven Crowder here, but I just feel like... Do you want me to prove you wrong about something? Is that what you're going to say to me right now? Yes. You're going to post up in a park with a little table making stances? Well, no, but I am about to make a statement, and I don't think I can be proven wrong, but that's what debating is all about. I don't think Irish people know about variables. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I hate to reinforce your argument here, Brad, but I am Irish and I don't know what a variable is. So that's what I'm saying. Take that for what you will. Take that anecdotal evidence for what you will. (laughs) I don't think anyone's calculating volume in Southie. I think they just read how many milliliters are on the can and then they go, that sounds fucking good to me. They don't do milliliters. They do pints. Every measurement is in pints (laughs) now. When you fill up your cards, how many pints of gasoline can you fit in that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a pint of of unleaded, please. Yeah. Man, I also, I like how they go to the batting cages in this movie. I feel like that might be the last movie ever to show batting cages. I think, yeah, I've seen batting cages in Malcolm in the Middle and in Goodwill Hunting. That's been it. Oh, also, there's a mini game in Persona 5 where you can go to batting cages. That's been it. <laughs> Are batting cages real? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you. Because, like, how deep was it in American culture that, like, I've seen a bunch of sitcoms where they go to batting cages, like, like in movies and shit. Like, were people, was that what they were doing before phones? Hey, Siri. Is there... Edmonton batting cages. I just want to see if we have them here. We have to. We do. They're rated five stars. We could just go. Hmm. Oh, that's on the way back to my place. Well, it sounds like we got something to do after the podcast. Yep. The batting cages. That's what this pla- the name of the place is called. Huh. All right. So it is a real thing. Yeah. 
I really like that that's where they go to just wind down stress. Like, the girlfriend comments on that at one point in this movie. She's like, you just drink and go to the batting cages. And it's like, why? what else is there? Yeah, again, like, I don't understand what's wrong with being yourself. That's what I'm saying. I like drinking and going to the batting cages. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, do that then. I like hanging out. Do that. I like to go down to the river. Yeah. Jump I mean, in yeah. with all my clothes on. I have a heart. Swim around until my clothes disintegrate off my body because it's a city river. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I want to catch and release fish because I can't eat them. Uh, I want to catch and release the dead fish that float on top of the city river. <laughs> it's nice to me. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm in nature. I'm Huckleberry Finn. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Saying Huckleberry Finn like a, like a sassy I'm Huckleberry wife. Finn. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so your name's Jim. Uh. <laughs> What yeah, about white that? girl Huckleberry Finn is pretty good. What about that for a character, <laughs> listeners? What else did he do? Ah, I want to go to the island in the middle of the river. Let uh, me paint your fence. Uh, I know how to build a raft at 12 <laughs> years old for an unexplained reason. Uh, I don't know. I haven't read that book since, like, I don't know, high school. I think anything I know about it is from a parody that Fairly Odd Parents did about that. I think our parody was better. Yeah. The one we just did right yeah, now. Yeah, no, White Girl Huckleberry Finn is definitely a strong character. That's definitely going to make a reappearance on the show. Yeah. What uh, about, a, uh, what's what's his name? Lychee Berry Finn. Lychee what's Barry. a berry that white girls like? Okay. Strawberries? I feel like that's too basic, though. Like, I like strawberries, too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you're trying to think of a berry that white girls like, man. It's like, you're going to, there's going to be some overlap. I don't think Lychee was too far off. It, that seems like something they would <laughs> they'd be into. Guava berry is guava is a pretty good one. <laughs> guava, I don't know what guava is. Uh, me either. I bought a guava flavored beer and it was like maybe. <laughs> I'm just taking your word for this. <laughs> it definitely tastes like something. Who's yeah. to say what that There's is? There's a flavor to it. Yeah, there is a flavor. I don't know where the beer starts and the guava ends, but. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, one thing I didn't hate about oh, this. Oh, Herkleberry Finn. Herkleberry Finn. We could just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Herkleberry Finn. <laughs> what about Hillary Clinton Barry Finn? All right. We got to abandon <laughs> this. We got to abandon this riff. We've lost it. It's gone off the rails. Uh, that's too much. Um, one thing I didn't hate about this movie, though, was uh, I, I liked the dynamic between um, like the math professor and Robin Williams. Yeah. Like how uh, the math professor was like, they, you know, that also like the way they explained their history was very fucking good. Uh, it wasn't too much. It was a very like you got a good sense of like the relationship of characters just from like uh, picking up context clues and conversations like they went to school together. Robin Williams was super fucking gifted, but ended up just being a community college professor. Meanwhile, uh, this math professor wasn't quite as smart as Robin Williams, but he like busted his ass and got all these mathematics awards and tried to be like just a, you know, fucking scholar. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of judges Robin Williams for just choosing to be like happy. Um, and you know, taking kind of a mid mid-level position teaching community college, even though that's what he like really wants to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, I liked that dynamic. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to the river bit. That's what he likes doing. Fuck off. 
Yeah, but I, I don't I know. I do wish they explored the dynamic more. Like, I think my main wish about this movie is that they just had like a few less bar scenes and a few more um, prof- professor I, therapist scenes and will therapist scenes. Kind of with you on that one, man. Because that's like, I mean, that's like the thing with this movie is I really do. There are parts of it that I really fucking like. I love the dialogue. I think the interactions between the characters are awesome. Um, I like Robin Williams and Matt Damon. I mean, I like Robin Williams interacting with everybody in this movie. But, like, fuck, man. You're right. It doesn't go deep enough. It's just, yeah. like, very surface level. Let's rip this Band-Aid off in two hours. It's like, make this shit two and a half hours and really get a little deeper into the nitty-gritty of it. Yeah. And I also feel like, I don't know, you're, like, you're hiring Matt Damon to play a guy who knows math. Like, sorry that I keep harping on this, but, like, it's the guy from The Departed. Like, that's like... Matt Damon wrote himself into this movie to be a guy who owns a math. You gotta keep that in mind. So that means Matt Damon, as a person, has the same flaws his character has in this movie. He's too cocky, man. <laughs> it's like if you made an Einstein movie and cast Gary Busey. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, it's like if Except Gary Busey... it's less Busey... fun than that movie would be. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> If that movie existed, this we would have a podcast where every week we watched that movie and talked about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this would be a scene by scene show, not a movie by movie show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could I could dissect a Busey scene just for as long as you want me to. That man's a genius. He has a lot to say. Every episode starts with how much time do you guys have? <laughs> and then it and then a, a a guttural noise. I don't know, man. It's just it was very hard for me to get over the fact that this was the guy from The Departed. It sounds to me like you just watched The Departed too recently. I don't even think I did. <laughs> I don't even think I have watched The Departed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good movie too. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about everything I've said on this show. I think it is a good movie. Wouldn't I can't remember a... what happens in it though. Jack Nicholson is involved. Who's to say? Yeah. I also, like, I feel like now that I know he wrote this movie, like I feel like he mostly wrote the premise of I'm a secret smart guy. And then they kind of just riffed the rest of it. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of interesting how the secret smart guy thing doesn't really come back too much in the end. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, it's actually, kinda... I don't even know if he was a secret smart guy because, like, his friends knew and, like, yeah, everyone who met him pretty much knew, actually, so never mind. Well, yeah, it was just he didn't want to, like, take the credit for solving the equations at the university, which, why do you think that was the case? Because his dad hit him? I don't know. Like, I would think that it's probably just more of a, like, I don't know. Why do you think? Um, I don't really know. I mean, it because it, there was that whole lottery ticket. Like, um, I think it ties back to the part where he yells at the professor that he doesn't give a shit about it. I think he just doesn't give a shit about it. I think he might not give a shit about it, but that's kind of like the, the whole movie is kind of like gearing up to it's it's about like Matt Damon. I don't know if he realizes he should give a shit about it or if he's like convinced he should give a shit about it, because that's kind of how it feels is that he genuinely has no interest in this shit. Like he can do it. He just like doesn't. It's not what he wants to do. Like he turns down the job. At the NSA, he turns down, he doesn't go to a bunch of other interviews. And then it's just like, the only thing that actually pushes him to doing it is his friend being like, if you don't do it, then it's a slap in the face to me who would like to do it. 
And then to Robin Williams, who was like, no, you should do it. And then to the fucking professor who wants him to be, you know, yeah. a fucking Pulitzer Prize winning mathematician, even though that's not a thing. But he'll be the first. But like it's kind of left unclear if he actually does do it, because really, he, the, like all we see is that he goes to chase the girl. That's true. So I'm, that makes me real. That makes me think that he realized he didn't give a shit about that at all. And like actually just gave a shit about like finding someone to connect with. Which is what I give a shit about, too, if there's any girls listening. <laughs> <laughs> I care about getting the job if there's any in- potential employers listening. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it kind of goes back to the whole... Because there was the whole lottery ticket thing. Like, uh, fucking Robin Williams kept buying lottery tickets, hoping that they would be the ones to pay off. And Matt Damon was, you know, sitting on his lottery ticket, which was his big sexy brain the whole movie, mm-hmm. and not wanting to utilize it. But I also wasn't able to fully, you know, I, I haven't really worked out that whole metaphor in my mind yet. Like the luck thing? Well, the lottery ticket thing, because that kept coming back. Was Matt or uh, Robin Williams, like the bartender asks him to pay the tab and he's just like, oh, when the lottery ticket pays off, you'll get it. I think that goes back to the whole blaming the outside world thing, right? Or no? Because I hey, think it's like, whoa, hey, there we are. Yeah. Whoa, hey. Whoa, hey, tell me your idea. Because, <laughs> like, they're trying to convince Matt Damon to, um, like, use the the luck he, like, has. Yeah. And then Robin Williams is, like, trying to find luck outside, even though he has the same fucking shit inside. You're right, because Robin Williams is letting outside circumstances dictate. Oh, fuck, that's interesting. Yeah, Robin Williams lets the outside circumstances dictate how he lives his life. You know, his wife dies. He's like, fuck it, I'm done. We're not doing anything anymore. Uh, meanwhile, Matt Damon lets uh, his fucking, you know, inner uh, dumb brain dictate how he lives his life. Matt Damon has the lottery ticket he just doesn't want to use uh, because of himself. And Robin Williams has a lo- or keeps fucking trying to re- rely on actual lottery tickets to get him where yeah. he needs to be. When in reality, it's like, no, you also have a lottery ticket. It's your sexy little brain. So is the message of this movie that all these guys are fucked? I think the message of this movie is that none of... Uh, I mean, yes, that all of these guys are fucked, but actually that they don't all have to be fucked, I think is the same. Because this is a redemption. It's a feel-good movie. At, at the end of this, everyone's like better than they were in the first one. Matt Damon realized, or learns to love. Uh, Robin Williams learns to live his life again. And the fucking math professor learns to be friends with Robin Williams. They go have a pint at the end of it. Yeah. So you're saying this movie, like all other movies, is actually about the power of friendship. I suppose it is. I suppose it's about friendship and you might just be able to say it's about believing in yourself. (laughs) 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 Just every movie is just like... That's what it is. I mean, it is. And that's kind of why this movie was so boring to me. It's just like, it's not a technically bad movie. I've just seen it a million times before. And I haven't watched this movie before. Yeah. It's like, I mean, maybe it's I feel like it's probably one of those things. But even that, it's like, I might be giving it too much credit by saying it. Maybe it was one of those things that was original when it came out. But like now it's become so uh, part of like the cultural zeitgeist and everyone references Goodwill Hunting. And I've seen Goodwill Hunting uh, fucking parodies and just about every sitcom I've ever watched. Yeah. And so like maybe that's kind of spoiled it for me. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like that might be the case, too, because I don't think I've really seen any movie that's like this. I mean, 
I haven't either, but that's just because I purposely go out of my way to never see shit like this because I know what it's going to be and I know that it, it's not going to do anything for me. Yeah, that's fair. But like, like I, I haven't watched, even though I don't like it broadly, it there were parts of it that did do stuff for me. I mean, yeah, there were parts of it that made me start thinking. Um, like we were saying before, the therapy sessions with Robin Williams were really good up until the last one where the breakthrough happened, and that was really stupid. Um, I mean, I liked the dial. Uh, there were some really genuinely funny scenes that I enjoyed. I fucking the highlight of this movie for me is going to be like it's the the part where uh Matt Damon sends Ben Affleck to go to the job interview for him and is like scamming all the fucking yeah. business guys out of money. <laughs> that was making me laugh. I I loved that scene. Yeah, that was a great scene. And I think more people should do that in job interviews. Why has nobody been doing that? I like that cuz you know what that uh, that, that I think that scene says a very important thing that a lot of people don't realize, which is like when you're going to a job interview you also are interviewing the company. Like you're trying to be there to figure out if they're going to be a good fit for you. It's not just like you trying to, it's not going on a date to be like, okay, may, have you ever like done this where you like, I did this a lot. Like when I first started dating where I would like see a girl or like start getting to know a girl. And it's not like, or I'm not like figuring out, are we a good fit together? I'm like, how do I make us be a good fit? What yeah. do I have to do to make this lady like me? And I feel like that's how a lot of people conduct themselves in job interviews when really they should be shaking down the interviewer for all they're worth. Yeah. Is this a guy who's going to be down to give me $200 right now? I need, If not, then what am I doing here? Yeah. Why would I work for you if you can't spot me some money? Like Seriously, I thought you were a boss. Yeah. I thought you were the fucking CEO. You only got $73 in your pocket. Yeah. Look, you can make 10 times I know my rappers who have 10 grand in their pockets Seriously. at all times. If I look at pictures of Little Dirk, you can see bands in his pants. Yeah. Why are CEOs not living like that? Why not? And even can't. if you want to do the investment argument, it's like, okay, carry Bitcoin in your pocket then. Yeah. Have a bunch of coins. <laughs> Show me a picture of your portfolio then, big, motherfucker. Why don't you get like a leather belt pouch and fill it with shekels and then you could show me that. Do what Danny DeVito did in this movie and have a weird relationship with your computer that's vaguely sexual. I mean, and that he did in other people's money. Watch that I thought episode. It was, yeah, I did think it was really cool. The NSA interview specifically where he's like, so why do you think I should work here? I thought that was really fucking tight. I also <laughs> like people should do that in job interviews. Well, and then the whole like, why shouldn't you work your thing? And then he explained like, oh, you'll give me some equation and I'll decode it, and then you'll, uh, you know, bomb a bunch of people in Afghanistan and uh, overthrow their government and put in your own puppet government, and they're gonna do all this stuff to the people. That was a really funny thing to me, just because <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that is what the government does, and then it's just like in the middle of this fucking feel good romp, yeah. and it never gets addressed again. It never comes back to it. And it's nobody like, remembered that they said. That nobody remembered or cared, and it's like uh, all of that was right. People are just learning that now. That's all shit that they do. Journalists <laughs> are like, journalists are writing that sentence with breaking news right in front of it, like today. I know, as we like, speak. That was just in goodwill. That was a throwaway line in goodwill hunting and it's they like that's cut that and it would they could have the cut movie. that and the movie would have been identical <laughs> and it's like one of the biggest problems we're facing in the world today yeah and matt damon just riffed it in a job interview i mean that's why this movie is so hard to like figure out if you like or hate and why is because there's it's such a weird collage of like parts that are like you're like, oh, I, I can see that, and oh, that's kind of relatable, and then something where you're like, oh, that's fucked, though. Yeah. It's weird. 
It is really weird. I mean, it's it's like a confusing mix of like very relatable real life situations and then just Hollywood nonsense. Yeah. And it's all jumbled together in such a way that like I get what they're going for, but man, it did not hit with me. And like yeah. there's aspects that I really did like. There's individual scenes I love. The character dynamics are awesome. But as a whole, this movie really did nothing for me. With all the things I liked about it, I, I, I feel weird saying I hated it. But I do genuinely have a bunch of hatred for it. In I did not heart. enjoy like the. I was getting pissed off at around hour 50 minutes of this movie just because I wanted it to be over. Yeah. Like I did not enjoy watching this at all. I mean, there were aspects of it that were good, but like as a whole man wasn't a fan. You know what I don't like is any movie where a guy stronger than me also likes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't like this. Yeah. Cause guys with muscles like goodwill hunting. That's true. They do. Um, also I hate how hard they tried to push the don't judge a book by its cover thing in this movie. Did you notice that? Yeah, they were really pushing for that one. Like, yeah, it was so annoying. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's time to, like, forget that that was ever a saying and we just go back to judging books by their cover. A lot of the time, it's right. You know how much you can learn from a man? just based on how he dresses you can learn so much about okay hey you know what i've noticed hmm. any guy who has a profile picture of them in dressing in old-timey weird clothes yeah maniac across the board each and every one <laughs> uh, i would not let my sister be alone with any man who has a profile picture of them wearing an old-timey suit <laughs> that's my profile picture is me wearing an old-timey suit is it really well no not, it's not not really but it's my grad suit where it's like a, a button down from value village yeah, with cowboys that's on it. funny whatever but i'm talking <laughs> about like the guys who will like do a black and white picture of them wearing a top hat and they'll be having a fucking like oh, yeah, like yeah. a pipe and they'll look down so that their face is shaded but you can see like they're on a leather couch and like <laughs> just all that weird shit because like there's a lot of comedians who have their headshots like that all of them are weird there's yeah. a guy at my work and he like i couldn't tell if you know he, he's a nice guy but and then i saw that i saw his like profile picture and it was that and it, uh, so much shit just clicked in my head of like i don't know yeah so i guess what but i'm saying is uh judge a book by its cover that's a cover you can judge yeah that's what i'm trying to say is like you can learn almost everything you need to know from a man, at least, because, you know, women are more comp. Uh, women are, I don't understand. Watch what you're saying right now. I don't know. I am. I can't judge women, personally. <laughs> I physically can't do it. Safe. I Safe. never have, and I never will. <laughs> but when you see a man in an outfit, you're like, I know what you're about. Like, That's for example, if you're wearing a thin gold chain, uh, you're not touching my math homework. I don't care if you say you're going to fix it up for me. Thank you. <laughs> I don't care if you're going to do an oil change Thank on my you. times table. Thank you. I don't want you near it. Because <laughs> that's the thing is like the way guys dress is very calculated. They think about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're presenting yourself like that, it's like a thought went into that. And that proves to me you think bad. Well, I think it's just because like guys have like three possible outfits. There's like way too many possibilities for girls. I think that's why it's harder. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe you can judge girls by the way they dress. What do you think? I mean, I definitely judge everybody by the way that they dress. Yeah. 
But do you? I I just in my heart I feel like it's more accurate when I judge guys. Well, I think I have more to go off when I'm judging a guy because I can at least identify and see, like, try and think about why they might have made those stylistic choices <laughs> that they might have made. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, when I see a guy, I guess yeah, you see a guy in a wife beater, you're like, I've had one of those days. Yeah, exactly. Or like you see a guy wearing like a fucking trucker hat, and you know, it's like, oh, you want that's what you're trying to project onto the world that you like trucks and you're a, a manly man or whatever and then you you know i don't know sometimes you'll see a guy who's like you ever see like a guy <laughs> i don't know like there's a, this one guy who comes into my work all the time he's like 40 years old not 40 he's like 50 years old and he's got like jet black dyed hair he just like dresses like fucking glenn danzig or like some fucking rocker who's trying to hold on <laughs> And like you're, I don't know. You're trying to project that. You're, you're trying to project youth onto us, and it's yeah. like that's you're not. But that's what you're trying to do here. I don't know. You can definitely judge a book by its cover. You're not getting the whole picture, but you can get a pretty good sense of what that book is trying to project. Yeah, you, it's about. You can get the synopsis. Exactly. What do you need? Like the cover and the title. That's how people write book synopsises. Yeah. Do you know every single book has been? They start with the cover and the title, and then they just go backwards. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. That's how I they came up that. with Crime and Punishment. That's how they that's came why up with the, title the Bible. Of, yeah. That's why the title of the Bible was so succinct. <laughs> Just one word. <laughs> because when they were sitting down to write it, they said to each other, they said, we are going to write the Bible. This is the Holy Bible. And everyone was like, oh, 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 oh. And they were like, in the beginning, there was nothing. It was like when NWA made their first album. They all got in the studio together. They were like, okay, if you don't have anything biblical to say, you can't be on the album. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that was a good movie, Straight Outta Compton. I still got to watch that. Uh, I liked it. I don't know what it's about. Uh, <laughs> what do you think our parents learned from this movie? Um, or do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I got some shit. Hold on. Uh, oh, by the way, the them apples line. We got to take that down. Okay. Because I feel like, I don't know, my dad loves that line so much. Hey, and you like it, apples? Yeah. Well, how about them apples? And it's just the lamest fucking shit anyone's ever said. You could tell that after they wrote that, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were like dancing around, high-fiving each other. I don't know. As soon as I saw that line, I wanted to go out and get a girl's number on a business card just so I could come home and slit my throat with that business card. <laughs> like, it's so lame to do. Oh, how about damn apples? And it's like, that's when he should have realized he had a personality disorder. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you're right. That was a terrible line. Why do you think the movie's called Goodwill Hunting? His name's Will Hunting. Like, I just think that's a bad title. Yeah, his name's Will Hunting. I assume, is he getting goodwill? Is he trying to find goodwill somewhere? Or is he a good, is he good? Is he good? I don't know. Or I always thought the good name Goodwill Hunting, like, sounded pretty cool before I had seen this movie. I was like, oh, that's a good name for a movie. And I just hate that they made the name character Will Hunting. Yeah. I think that's so I lame. wish his name was something else. Tom Kyle, make it Johnson. Kyle. Make it Jed. It felt like the way rom-coms treat divorce, but with mental illness. That's what I meant by that joke. Yes. Like, yeah, no, I agree. It's not deep at all. Like, it's not deep at all. I, I, I wrote in my notes that this movie's success voyeurism. You're just watching a guy be success or fix his problems and be successful, and hopefully that does something for you. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't. For me, I still have problems, and I'm not successful. I don't need to watch Matt Damon do shit. It's like, I don't know. This, I, I, I got nothing out of this. As a guy who has problems that, that I'm trying to solve, this movie did nothing for me. Yeah, and it's 
I don't know, like, yeah, like, who's who's supposed to relate to this other than, like, Joe Rogan guys? Like, I don't know, you can't, it's hard to relate to this character because he's just, like, I don't know, he's, like, smarter than everybody, which you're not, definitely. And then also, like, he just gets into fights and he's, like, homophobic in the cute way. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy feels like how everyone thinks of themselves. Like, like this you're movie a taught our parents to be exactly the way they are right now. You're right. I mean, it taught everybody that they're a secret genius. And if you don't treat women right, that's okay. You're going through something. Never question yourself. And also, wherever you are in your life, it's not your fault. Yeah, you're only one therapist away from having it all figured it out. Yeah. I think this movie taught our parents... I think this movie gave our parents incredibly unrealistic expectations of what therapy was going to be. Yeah. Just, like, going in there and having Robin Williams hash shit out with you and, like, meet you at your level. That has not been any of my therapy experiences. Yeah, like, every time I go to a therapist, they just have that, like... I don't know. They just have the, like, blank stare of, like, a Starbucks employee. Anytime I've gone to a therapist, I've only, like, really... I, I've only felt like I'm humoring them. I, I'm lying because I've had one therapist who I didn't feel like that with. But, like, yeah, I've gone to, like, I think, like, four therapists where it was just, like, oh, we can't... Like, we just can't talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're, like, because that's the thing about therapy is, like, the whole thing of it is you have to be able to talk to them. Well, I mean, it's just fucked. Like, I've tried two therapists, and, like, I'm on a wait list for fucking eight months, and then I meet this lady, and it's like, oh, you're dumb. Yeah. You're stupid, and I don't like you. <laughs> and then it's like, I have no desire to keep going with this. I'll just yeah. figure my shit out. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and that's what therapy really is. It's the first four. It's not Robin Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> therapy is going is trying a couple of therapists and being like, I'll do this on my own. Yeah. I actually, no, I'll do this. I'll figure it and out. And then even if you get a Robin Williams, it just, it like, what it becomes is that pill thing I said. Yeah. Like, literally, like, do you know how many fucking pills guys have written me a license to go get addicted to <laughs> for no reason like one time i went to a uh uh what's those guys psychiatrist yeah i went to a psychiatrist guy we talked for 15 minutes and then he's like okay i'm gonna prescribe you xanax and i was like you don't know me <laughs> you don't know me bro you can't just give me that you can't i mean like that you can't like, give me my favorite thing that's like how to destroy somebody's life like yeah that's like going to like food anonymous and being like okay everybody gets kit kats but that's the only thing you can eat today you look pretty hungry <laughs> i'm gonna give you this cheeseburger to hold you over you gotta quit chicken nuggets but i'll give you a cheeseburger but you can only have two a day yeah like i don't know it's just it's it's so much I don't know. It would have been interesting to like watch him struggle through how frustrating it actually is cuz it's so much of like either it's someone you can't talk to or someone who doesn't get you or a guy who just wants to throw pills down your mouth hole. Yeah, and they had some of that at the beginning, but it was literally like it was just a fucking montage. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe I, I fair enough. That's a movie choice you want to get to the meat, meat of it quickly, but like yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just saying I think it would kind of ruin my parents because my mom kept keeps being like, you should just go, go to therapy and then everything will be fine. You should just do therapy. And it's like, that's just not how it is. Hmm. That's just not real. Yeah. Is, you don't just do therapy. Yeah, I mean, but like a, a lot of our, our, our parents' generation doesn't really understand what therapy is. And I think it's because it also just wasn't like allowed for them. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, the, like my dad uh, doesn't believe in it, but that's because 
no one he's ever met has ever gone. Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I mean, my mom only came, or my parents only like got on board with therapy after I pitched it to figure out why I keep doing drugs all the time. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, that might be a good way to figure that out." And it, it wasn't. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still like, I'm for therapy, but like, I just wish. I don't know. I just I'm wish there was better therapists. That's like, the thing. Yeah, you no, I'm go to therapy. I'm for therapy in theory. You it's are like, fucked, bro. Like, don't don't ever think that. Like, don't ever do the spite thing of thinking everyone's fucked. So who cares if I'm fucked? Because you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, you're an hour deep into a podcast of Brad <laughs> and I yelling. I hope what goes on in your brain is like okay. So yeah, imagine like, that, like, you want to at least you want to unwind and listen to this. Imagine the fucking raging storm that's happening when you're not listening to this podcast, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, like, therapy in theory is great. I just mean, like. It, it's not as uh, it's not as uh, nice and good generally in real life as it is in this movie. It's not the doctor. Like I feel like people either think it's not real or it's the doctor. That's a very good way to put it. Because you're uh, right that people think that you're just going to go to therapy and they're going to be like, "Well, I diagnose you with depression," and then you just figure your shit out. It's yeah, and it's not either. Because like honestly, in my experience, I have found um, really like the only way that works for me to get over my shit is to go through the shit actually. Yeah. Like talking about it is helpful because you get, you can talk yourself into figuring it out, but it's like, it's not usually the therapist. It's usually me talking myself into it and her being there to bounce ideas off, you know? Yeah, exactly. That could be anybody. It could be, but I find that a good therapist knows more than your friend (laughs) generally yes you know what else is like really that's what you're paying for with the therapist the other thing is like your friend gets sick of talking to you about it i find yes absolutely even if they won't tell you well that's the important thing that's your therapist's job is to just sit there exactly there are some benefits but yeah no there are definitely benefits i just uh, yeah i just haven't had maybe maybe this is me putting my own shit on this movie but I just haven't had it, uh, as good of a time in therapy as Matt Damon ha- has had. Yeah. And that's, like, not a knock on this movie at all. Like, that th- that doesn't affect the quality. Lots of other things affect the quality of this movie. That's not one of them. I just think that that fucked up our parents. Yeah. And I also think it would have been an interesting direction to go in with the damn movie. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool, watching a guy try and deal with dog shit therapists for a while. Might actually be a fucking fun film and having to realize like, oh, these guys actually don't know what they're talking about and they don't really, they only, you know, they're going off of whatever I'm telling them, which isn't a fucking great way to report information. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He, he like does all these, he does all the like psychoanalysis on all the therapists and it's like, you didn't even have to do that. Like they're just a suit guy whose job it is to refer you to a pill guy. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't even have to figure out what's wrong with them. You should just know that this industry is like open for fuckheads. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to analyze my therapist saying that he's secretly gay that which Ben Aff- or uh, Matt Damon does to the first guy and then he I forget what he does to the hypnotist but just pops awake and owns him with how good he you know how bad of a hypnotizer he is. But like another thing is like like uh, with with these therapists, uh, it's like, it's kind of confusing to me that he kept trying because 
these guys kept being like like telling him he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions and it's well, like he yeah, had to none of you guys have emotions yeah you're all just like robots and, <laughs> like, and maybe once he got i mean that's probably why all he those was therapists able to had been the... forcing themselves to not even have any of their emotions that's yeah. why he could so easily make them all cry well i mean that's why the uh, dynamic between him and robin williams worked so well yeah because he had emotion he was willing to choke his patient and that's what you want in a doctor that's true he did choke his patient um what did you think of the anti-books stance Robin Williams took in this? I mean, I get it, but it also seems like a dumb stance to take at a certain point. I mean, because like Robin Williams' whole stance is that Matt Damon thinks he's so goddamn smart because he's, you know, read all these books. But Robin Williams says it's like, you can, you know, read things till the cows come home. But I've said that twice during this podcast. Jesus Christ. But like, you're not getting an actual sense of what, things feel like and how they are his example in the movie was that you can read all about michelangelo but like that you still haven't seen the sistine chapel yeah and i i mean i think that there's truth to that that's kind of how i feel about like um you know people my age who have spent all their time in university versus me who has been doing nonsense in the real world the whole time i mean like they've learned about shit that i've experienced and a lot of the times they're wrong or don't have a complete or accurate picture so I do think that Robin Williams is right. And maybe when he was talking, I, I think that he knocked books a little hard. I mean, I do think that there's a tremendous amount of value in like reading and getting a sense of other people's experiences. But in talking to Matt Damon, Matt Damon's character in this movie, that's what that guy needed to hear. Yeah, I I just thought it was interesting because it's uh, at a baseline. It's the same thing that Matt Damon says to that guy in the bar when they're competing for the. Girl. Yeah, you're right. Um. So I don't know. That shit's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I mean, like that's the, that's I think that's where this movie shines is like how well thought through the characters are. They reflect each other in very interesting ways. Yeah. Um, the best part of this movie is when he's talking about how the reason he tries to write everything off as dumb before he tries it is because he's scared. I feel like I do that. Yeah. But also a lot of shit is pretty dumb. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like the thing that's so fucked up about your brain is like you never know if what you think about something is right. Like that makes me so angry all the time. I know. Because, yeah, I write off shit as dumb constantly. But then I always go do it anyways because I'm like, oh, you're just being a psycho. Me too. And then it's dumb when I do it. (laughs) That's okay. So. I, I, I did like a year of university four years ago and then I had I was like, no, this is stupid. It, like I just did not respect academia or the people that I was trying to study with or the people that were trying to teach me shit. It was just like dumb and not conducive to anything. It didn't feel real. Yeah. And uh, I thought that that, you know, in the time since that, since I've uh, been working minimum wage nonsense jobs and being a comedy superstar, I've realized that like, oh, I've probably just... Um, uh, you know, built that up in my head. That probably wasn't accurate. I think I was just being dumb. And then I re-registered in university. I do online classes and boom. All, no, I was right. Yeah. All of that was an accurate assessment of how shit is. If not, now I think it's worse than ever. So like sometimes your brain's right, man. That's, and that's the worst part about it all. When you <laughs> second guess yourself and you're like, oh no, I was right. This was bad. <laughs> yeah. 
going off my gut and a minimal amount of information, I was actually dead on accurate. Yeah, it's like, why can't I just either have completely right thoughts or completely wrong thoughts? Exactly. Why do I have to have all this fucking maybe, maybe not shit Yeah, why am I sometimes right, sometimes wrong? Do you know how much that's <laughs> fucking with me lately? <laughs> that is bullshit, and I would like to make every bet win. <laughs> or lose, because then I'll know. <laughs> yeah, then I'll know not to gamble. Then I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is winning and losing shit that's throwing me off, man. <laughs> it's this you win some, you lose some bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking up Gen Z. <laughs> um, also, you know what I thought was really cool is the scene where they make they tell each other jokes. Um, when Matt Damon tells his therapist the joke about the the pilot gets on the intercom and he's like, I need a fucking blow job and a coffee. Yeah. And then the stewardess goes up, uh, rushes up and he's like, Hey, sweetheart, don't forget the fucking coffee. Yeah. And, uh, and then it gets like a chuckle from the therapist. And then the therapist is like, yeah, well my wife used to fart in her sleep. And then that gets like a huge laugh. I think that's a good commentary on comedy. You know, you got to tell, you got to say true stuff <laughs> because Matt Damon's joke wasn't true. He, he was just telling it in the first person. So it sounded funny. That's true. You know what I mean? You know, what was a scene uh, that really reminded me of doing stand up? Hmm. Um, Matt Damon brings his girlfriend to meet all his friends at the bar for the first time. Yeah. And Ben Affleck's character is like trying to hold court and tell a story, but nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And they just like keep talking over him. And he's like, keeps trying to like falling out, trying to get back into the pocket. <laughs> Wow, that hit home. <laughs> wow, is that a little too real for me? You know what else reminded me of comedy is when um, Matt Damon and Robin Williams are in therapy and Matt Damon like asks him a question and Robin Williams is like, no, I teach this shit. I don't know how to do it. Oh, yeah. That's what? comedy class, baby. Big time. <laughs> it's uh, weird stances in this movie, right? Anti-therapy, pro-fighting, pro-school somehow also. Well, it, it feels like it's a very. It, it feels like it's a just a validation of street smarts, guys. Yeah, like, a, yeah, it feels like Matt Damon and Tony Soprano like value the same thing. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a really unique take. Like, I feel like only like a a Boston guy or a mob guy could pull it off. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I, it, it's just such a funny take. It really, I feel like it gave a lot of guys who believe that a little too much confidence. A little too much. Oh, maybe I could solve that math equation if I was given the resources. And that that's the th thing about this movie is it's like it's so optimistic. It's a little too optimistic. Th this is one of those dangerously optimistic movies where it shows people like dealing with these very real problems a little too effortlessly. And I think that when people like actually come across these problems in their real life and realize like, oh, it's not as simple as just going to one fucking therapist visit that they kind of panic and spiral. Yeah. This movie's giving people like unrealistic expectations for how effortless it is to deal with your shit. Yeah, it is. And also just how good you are like Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you're not that good. Matt Damon is an almost flawless human in this movie. His only flaw is that he didn't tell his girlfriend he loved her. Yeah, like, that's it. I watched this shit and for a second I thought to myself, "Damn, I could probably easily become a scholar." 
And movies shouldn't do that. You shouldn't you. think that. That <laughs> is so dangerous to yeah. make people think like that. <laughs> it's bad for me, and I'm going to ruin my life because of it. Yeah, I'm going to be so condescending. To, like, if we didn't have this <laughs> conversation, I would have been a nightmare to people after I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just um, being rude about how I could probably do an equation if they let me be a janitor at MIT. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that's stopping me. I liked it when the the professor and Robin Williams were arguing about, like, their philosophy for how to make will into a genius and like um the professor's like talking about einstein what he did and then um robin williams is like yeah you know who else went to university the fucking unabomber checkmate (laughs) like that was so funny that taught our parents that if you're smart you got two options (laughs) i don't know man i think that taught our parents if you're losing an argument start bringing up hitler and (laughs) Other fucking genocide ears. <laughs> That's not a bad lesson either. Yet. <laughs> I guess, but I think that taught us that mostly. <laughs> I, because you don't see a lot of fully grown adults being like, "That's what Hitler would say." I don't know, man. I had a full grown man come into my store the other day wearing no mask, and I was like, "Hey, would you mind putting a mask on?" And then he called me Gestapo. So I would actually say there are a lot of people who <laughs> do that. A lot of of our fucking forefathers uh, will will go straight to the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people love to be like, um, oh, so you want everybody in society to have an identity that they classify themselves as. Sounds a lot like uh, arm tattoos. Yep. Oh, you want to wear a uniform? You know who else was wearing uniforms? (laughs) 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 Yeah, that taught our parents to blow every argument out of proportion. Um, also, I think the fake job interview scene showed like how easy it is to get a job. Like, you don't have to like be qualified. Yeah, I li- I like how all these people were just like itching to hire him. Yeah, like that's that's a little. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't applied for real adult jobs before. I've only applied for jobs that literally any person could do. So, but I feel like it's easier to get one of those jobs because, like, is like is a rich guy really gonna call a reference on another rich guy? Like, you showed up in a suit to this job interview. They have to give you some benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I can't. Not checking your references. I can't imagine rich guys need references. Like, you just need to know the buzzwords and like the right. Like, I don't know. You need to know what the guy wants to hear. I don't even think you need a degree. No, you're right. I think that's why universities were invented, just to, like, make sure it was harder to con your way into being rich. I'd say so. Cause I, I mean, that literally is it. Uh, everything I'm learning right now in school is how to write like you're in university. It's like, okay, what's wrong with the way that I've been writing in the fucking real world? What's wrong with the way that I've been making a part of my living with writing and shit like that? Yeah, well, what's wrong with it is uh, it's not how rich guys write. Yeah, so okay. you're not allowed to be rich unless you write. What's the way wrong rich with it is that write. you don't use semicolons. You only use dashes a little too liberally. Yeah, you keep putting arrows in all your paragraphs. I. It's so funny that semicolon is just like a unit. Like it's a whole thing you have to learn. It's, like yeah, who gives I, a fuck? I got to do a test on that, bro. I got to do that tonight. You know what I don't care about is capitalizing my sentences. You think I give a shit about a semicolon? Yeah. Hey, guess what? All of that meaning is still conveyed, whether the capitals are present or not. I only use punctuation when I'm pissed off. It's called texting. <laughs> Why doesn't academia catch up with the way I type? Yeah, that's the thing. Hey, academia language. 
language changes and evolves. The way you're writing is the same way people wrote in the 1900s. It's not the way we do it anymore. Every time I read a research paper, I'm just like, why is this guy being so sassy? (laughs) (laughs) So many periods in here, drama queen. Yeah, I'm at the point of like having such fucked like text grammar that like when I see a period, I feel bad. Now. <laughs> what did <laughs> I do? Like, why is Kurt Vonnegut pissed at me? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's my question to you, and I think probably the central question of this episode: Why do they always kiss with tongue in movies, and why do they always show it close up? First off, because it's sexy. But second off. It's there not a, sexy. We're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> but there was some real gross kisses in this movie. I, I have know. to say. Gotta say, like, they could have just done it. Like, like the one where she was like, uh, I, come here. I got to say something to you. And then she just, like, open mouth kisses him on his closed mouth. Like, you could have just done a second take of that. <laughs> you could have just, like, done that a little more. You could have just done that without, like, the spit dribbles coming, coming well, off. The worst thing, the worst one to me was they were in the bar and, like, kissing like side by side and you just literally it's a close-up you only see their two faces in the shot and you just watch matt damon's tongue slide out of his mouth in a crooked pattern like a disgusting little sex snake and it (laughs) slides into her mouth just and just comes right back out and this is a real mouth noises ass complaint again but i can't handle it it's too much i mean it's a lot and the fact and it doesn't make me horny not at all. And I mean, like, kissing in movies rarely makes me horny. Usually it's something <laughs> I can just write off until the next... Like, I don't... It doesn't... It just go. I don't care. It's not something... It's not even a thing about movies I don't like or like. It's just a, a thing that's present. But wow, I haven't seen a movie that does kissing this weird before. Yeah, this was... I mean, yeah, it was more egregious than fucking Boogie Nights was. Like, it, this was... It was grosser and less horny somehow at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> Impressively Because so. none of the kisses were even horny either. Like, they weren't even, like... It wasn't, like, a passionate kiss the way you'd kiss, like, the woman you love, you know? No, it was, like... I don't know. It was, like, the way a fucking... I don't know. It was just weird. It was like the way the, a dog eats food out of, the, out of their <laughs> bowl. It's just like going for it. Like you're hungry. Like that's, you know, that's the difference between living and dying is like getting your mouth on her mouth. It looked at, it looked like watching a close up shot of a dog licking its own lips. Yeah. It did look <laughs> like that. But like a dog with like flappy mouth flaps, you know, yeah, like yeah. a fucking basset hound <laughs> or a golden retriever. One of the drool dogs. One of the drooly ones. <laughs> Ugh. Um. Yeah. Like this movie, it's like, the it's got a good message. You should face your fears, but it's like, what movie doesn't have that message? Yeah. What movie doesn't have that message? I can think of nine other movies that have like a more effective, I guess, hero's journey about facing your fears. One that has a little more hardship, trials and tribulations. That actually feels like you went somewhere at the end of that. This movie, yeah. it feels like I get that Matt Damon went through a lot, but it didn't feel like it to me. I got a theory that, like, the, I think that secretly, subconsciously, the reason I hate Matt Damon's character is because he undershares about all his problems, and I overshare. Yeah? You, you don't like the other side of your coin? I think I'm just secretly, like, jealous of the ability to shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
Because, like, I tell you, I do not have that. No, I love talking. Once I start going, especially on my own mental health, bro, <laughs> I am pontificating as long as you'll have me. <laughs> that's, like, the main thing I'd like to change about myself. Yeah, that's another one for me, too, I've noticed. I'd like to start pushing more people away, I think. Yeah, I'd like to start bottling my shit up a little more tightly. Yeah. Oh, also, I think... Um, a good lesson that we should take from it, but I don't think our parents learned it, is that you can't call anyone else a failure unless you know their life and, like, why they're the way they are, you know? Because, like, the professor keeps calling Robin Williams' character a failure, but it's like, is he? I would argue no. I don't think you can call that guy a failure. He seems like he a, did what he wanted to do. Yeah, he would, from my perspective, he seems like a man who is happily employed and has a house. Yeah. What? Wh- what else do you want? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it, like squandering potential, you could make the argument like he squandered it, so he failed. But it's like, who gives a fuck? It's like, like, that's potential's just, not real. Potential's potential, not a thing. Potential's an idea. It's nothing more than a concept. Well, and it's like all these guys just, like, looking at you being like, oh, that's not what I would have done. It's like, yeah, no shit, it's not what you would have done. Who fucking cares what You're you would do? You're a different guy. Go do what you want to do. Hey, I'm a different guy over here. That's exactly it. Oh, like... I'm built different over here. Yeah, seriously. Robin Williams is built too different. Uh, to Italian be... Gen Z guy. Oh, I'm not like other guys over <laughs> here. Man, saying you're built different is very Gen Z. Yeah, your your wife's like, uh, all men are the same. And you're like, whoa, sweetie, I'm built different over here. I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for that one. That's all you need for that one, I'd say. Man, I'm going to have to cut out a couple of fucking things in here that are deep and lost. What about for my pronouns? I just wrote dealers slash choice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like you can't do that. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if you can't. I don't know, but I just, something tells me that someone would tell you that you can't. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, call me whatever. I, I literally don't care. <laughs> you know what? I, this movie taught me that I probably have an attachment thing and an f- abandonment thing. Oh, without a doubt, I have both of those. And that's why, as a guy who has them, I know that he's not overcoming that shit so effortlessly. But that's why I kind of think that I was so pissed off about Matt Damon in this movie. And just like why I was like mad from the start is just because I knew that I was going to relate to his character a little. And I thought that was stupid. I mean, I love movies where I can relate to the main character. Maybe I might just learn something about myself. But I hate but when I it's just... a suck-off movie. Like, I hate when That's it's, like, the, the main character is such a hero guy and he's perfect. That... And then I relate because then I feel like a fucking loser. Well, and it's not even that. It's just, like, I, I mean, I get it. But I'm just, like, not getting anything out of this. Like, I was kind of hoping, like, oh, maybe the way Matt Damon overcomes something, maybe I might be able to apply that to my life. But, no, it's just Hollywood bullshit. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Either way, this movie had some really good ideas. I liked the character dynamics. It had fun dialogue. There, I mean, we uh, there were some really interesting points that we were able to discuss, the way the characters reflected each other. But, like, overall, I did not like this movie, and I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's some good parts that I thought I were cool. That. And there's some parts that I thought could fuck off. And, I, yeah, I won't watch this again. Because, yeah, like... 
you don't finish therapy and then your life is fixed. Like you finish therapy and then you go to a different therapist and then that one also doesn't. No. And then you're just like, am I done therapy? (laughs) It's not like an end point. (laughs) You don't just hug and Robin Williams is like, you finished, bro. You made it. You're cured. You have to make that call once you keep going and and you'll go like 10 more times and you'll think like, oh, I haven't gotten anything out of this. Oh, in a while, actually. And then you realize maybe I should just stop going. Yeah, and for me, like, therapy never ends. Like, I always I always tell you that I'm done therapy, and then, like, two months later, I'm in my therapist's text messages being like, hey, something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't go get a job after therapy, you know? Like, if anything, the side effects from the pills your therapist put you on just make you lose your current job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. The problems aren't as cut and dry in real life as they are uh, portrayed in this movie. But let me kick you this. Like, do you think this is a good, like, eye opener for mental health stuff to people? Like, if they're not as fucking deep into it as we are? Because hey, there's a lot of people who don't give a shit about mental health. I mean, health. yeah, let, like, let's, let's, let's examine it from that perspective. This movie came out in the 90s. Nobody gave a fuck about therapy. This movie wasn't an accurate portrayal of therapy. But you know what it was? A positive portrayal of therapy. Yeah. It might not have been, you know, we're watching it now expecting it to give us all these, you know, make all these interesting, cool points about life um, and whatever. And it's like, it came out 25 years ago. It came out 23 years ago. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying earlier, too, is just like, they probably just thought the facts were different. Yeah, man, you're probably right. And it's, and also like just the fact that this movie portrayed it. Well, the, the fact that uh, Matt Damon was able to go to therapy and be cured at the end of it, that that's probably good. Yeah. He wasn't, he was, he wasn't, I mean, he was damaged through this movie, but he was never like a loser for having to go to therapy. Yeah. And like, I think that was uh, going against a lot of the, uh, a lot of stigmas that uh, were present at that time. Yeah. This movie, I think it taught, a percentage of our parents generation that it's okay to go to therapy you're right and that's hey, good like so i guess you my can't hate that i guess i don't if you're watching this movie in 2021 and expecting to have your mind blown and expect to be taken on a mental health journey and all that shit you're not going to but if you're watching this movie in 1990 in 1997 you might just have your uh, opinions of therapy change so i don't think that this movie today is really anything special but b- back in the night man i get why people love this movie so much yeah and i do genuinely think a remake of this movie would be interesting as hell honestly i think if they actually yeah you're right remade this movie and just delved deeper into the mental stuff i think they you could make a fucking crazy ass very timely like you could make uh the movie of whatever of our time with the template this movie gives us you really could and hey i i would like to recommend our listeners check out the movie thunder road it's one of the most incredible um dude uh, movies about a guy having a deal with shit that i've ever seen they betray everything so accurately if you guys want the 2020 version of goodwill hunting Please, God, watch Thunder Road. I should watch Thunder Road. Um, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else to say? Um, like, comment, subscribe. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Comedy Here Often. We're brought to you by them. Did we say that off the top? No, we didn't. Okay, here's another one for me to clip and put at the top. Uh, thank you to Comedy Here Often for sponsoring our podcast. And thank you to the great nation of Israel for sponsoring Comedy Here Often. 
Uh, leave it in at the end and then edit it in at the front too. That's what I did with the last <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to everybody in the world. Um, shout out to politics. Shout out to current events. Shout out to journalism. Uh, shout out to the Mayo Institute. Shout out to MIT. Um, shout out to... Shout out to Noam Chomsky. Hey, you know what made me feel good about this movie? Yeah. They were rattling off smart guy books, and one of them was the book I was reading. So that made me feel nice. Big shout shouts out to Noam Chomsky's manufacturing consent. Yeah, he would be so pissed if he if he knew that you shouted him out after I just shouted out twenty government things. Respect to Noam. Yeah, big respect. (laughs) Big respect. Big respect to Noam and the man who co-authored that book, who is not referenced in this movie and whose name is escaping me now to give him the credit that he is due. Maybe one day he will be remembered in a history book. Yeah. (laughs) 